If you're tired of bad news, if you need some positivity, if you want to support small businesses, then welcome to Happy Grateful Blessed with Kaysville's own mayor, Tammy Tran. Here, you'll get to see the best of humanity from within Utah's hidden gem, Kaysville City. Every month, you'll discover small businesses, hear unique and incredible stories, and understand the difference you make in this wonderful city. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you'll never miss a chance to find a new business to support and learn what makes a city like this one work as well as it does. So join us as we explore Happy Grateful Blessed with Tammy Tran. Today I'm here with Scott Simpson, Kaysville resident, Politico, analyst. You have a long resume. So I really appreciate you being here. I was kind of nervous about asking you because you're such a big wig, but yeah, thanks. Well, thank you, Mayor. It's a pleasure to be here. This is a cool idea, podcast. How long have you been doing it? I started podcasting about six years ago with a friend, and we were oh. talking to business owners, small minority-owned businesses in the defense contracting space. Oh. And then she said, hey, my daughter's my business partner. I'd like her to be my podcast partner. And I said, oh, okay. So I kind of got the boot and then wanted to podcast on my own. So I tried with my sister because it's it's hard by yourself. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's just oh, probably know, not yeah. as interesting. Yep. And my sister lives in Illinois and she wasn't, it was just hard to coordinate schedules. Then I tried doing it on my own, but I'm not good at editing and I didn't have the studio. So recorded a couple just because I like hearing people's stories. Sure. And then uh, decided, actually found, found uh, Larry Naibo. He did some work for the city. And I came over here and said, would you be willing to be my studio? Yeah. And let me pay you to record. And so he said, yes. And it's great. Well, I got to tell you, it's, it's incredibly convenient. This is the, I live next door to this studio, right? Exactly. I, and I hear the band practice. It used to be every Wednesday night. And I'm a, I'm a drummer, not a good drummer, but oh. they have a pretty good drummer. And I, I was always judgy when I would pull in. I'd stop and oh, stand in my funny. driveway and I could hear, the, I think it's, I don't, can't remember if it's, it's like a ska band, but they had some pretty solid jams. And oh. so. I didn't this know is cool, but I've never also. been up here. I've never been in the studio, so it's a cool opportunity. It is a nice little place. It's tucked away. I've lived here forever, never yeah. walked through the door. Yeah. But it's a, it's an old historic kind of building, and it's kind of cool. Yeah, and we have an affinity for old historic buildings. You we know? do. I love your house. So I met you first through, well, didn't meet you, but met Samantha. Yeah. She did my lashes years ago. Yeah, she's the, she is uh, the, the best part about my life. She's sure. incredible. And she's, she, did she paint the cream marine? Yeah, so when I met her, we met in college. We were both students at Weber State, uh, home of the Fighting Wildcats. I don't know if you're familiar with yes, that. Yes, I but, am, yeah. for sure. So uh, we met there, and when I met her, she that's what she was doing for a living. She was kind of working her way through school, and she... Uh, painted houses, which was really kind of... Oh, that's a uh, big job. It was strange. I would go into these new neighborhoods, you know, and there's this cute girl that I'm dating that she's, you know, working amongst the hardened construction industry, you know, some yeah. pretty rough characters. And she just, uh, she's just really good at it. And uh, it's come in incredibly handy. In my house, I never get to touch the brushes. Like, I, that's she not... She does it all? She, yeah. Oh, she, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I you know I do uh, I get to do sort of bones work you know the the ma machinery and, and oh, the okay. kind of the electrical the hardscape out in the landscape but all, everything that's beautiful at our house is, uh, is because she did it. Your house is incredible. It is well, so I, you know I call it the monument to the worst decision I've ever made. Uh, <laughs> I can imagine it, it's a cool house and we've 
we had this vision uh, when we were, you know, we lived back east for a little while, worked in D.C. and just loved old architecture. And there was this PBS show, This Old House, you know, back in the day. We watch it every Saturday still. Yeah, when, when we used to have... Uh, you know, only five television stations. That was one of our go-tos, you know, mm-hmm. when we were first married and always talked about the cool, how great it would be to restore an old home. And when we moved back here to Utah in 2002, I believe, um, we were looking for a home and didn't ever really imagine that in, in our youth we would uh, have it, but maybe at some point we'd have the chance to restore an old house. And we were driving around Kaysville. We had lived here once before. The first home that we owned was over kind of in that neighborhood where Heritage Park is. It used oh, to be yeah. the Clover Club potato mm-hmm. chip factory. Right. Over on Crestwood. We, yeah. And... Yeah. We had a little home there off of, I think it was 150 East. And um, we loved this town. My mother was a teenager here. Uh, my grandmother, we used to come here to, to visit oh. her. And so we loved Kaysville. I, it was had really great proximity to... Salt Lake, uh, where it's I worked. Next to and, everything. Yeah. And I grew up in Hooper. So this was, this was a great sort of in-between place. And, and uh, so anyway, we're driving around and just happened across. My wife said, turn here. And we turned into the old town site area here behind Main Street and just rolled up on this old house that had a sign in front of it. And we looked at each other, you know, kind of side-eye. <laughs> uh, <laughs> really? This Is this, shall we, shall we call? And we we made a very lowball offer and what we thought was a lowball offer and it was accepted. We were clean buyers because we didn't have a home to sell or anything. And just easy. The, the timing worked out. And we had no idea what we had gotten ourselves into and just incredibly long process. <laughs> right. we're, we're not done. We're not even close to Aren't to you? Finished. I mean, and you've already done the whole garage. Or did garage you build is that? new. Yeah. Okay. It used to have on the it, on the west side of the house, it had a carport in the sort of northwest corner of the house. Oh, which, you built that. Which okay. was really kind of a sad thing that they, and so we tore that off and we had, there was, you know, roofing tar that was on the house on the brick. We had to have that all cleaned off. And so we reoriented the house towards Center Street. And so, this part of Center Street is the kind of the only one-way street, I think, in the whole city. I think so. And uh, so that's been a little, that's a little awkward, you know, I have mm-hmm. to go around the block every time I come home from church or something, you know, right, I have to go all exactly. the way around the block. Yeah, to get and, into your driveway. Yeah, and one of the couple of, uh, uh, I guess, miscommunication opportunities that I've had with the law enforcement community in Keysville have been <laughs> because of that one-way street. Oh. Well, and, it, you know, it's not their fault necessarily, but whenever we would have these street fairs on Main mm-hmm. Street, uh-huh. you end up closing off m- my only legal access to my house. Oh, that's right. And nobody ever asked me about that. <laughs> and and so I, I, I asked that. the officer who was standing post if I could go home and he t- like go around and he... It, and, you know, he had this whole lineup of cars. He was mm-hmm. doing his job. But I, I um, for for me, I'm like, you know, somebody could have asked. Anyway. Exactly. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's sort of the downtown challenges. And we picked the house. We knew what we were getting um, w- with kind the- of. theater parking and mm-hmm. all of those things. But it has had its challenges. We love the house. Though. We, the the we house is it. beautiful. You guys have made it. Gorgeous. Oh, you're kind. I mean, the renovation to the backyard, and I've seen inside a couple of the rooms inside. And anyway, it's incredible. Well, thank you. It's absolutely it, it's, incredible. I'm not sure. It's a, it's sort of a metaphor for life. Anything that we build as mankind mm-hmm. 
starts to collapse the second we're done with it, right? And this <laughs> this true. one's had a 130-year head start of falling down, and it just keeps it keeps doing it. I don't know that we've got it in us for the long run, but really? we yeah we um we've loved it. We feel like we've participated in the preservation of an artifact for the city. You really have. That's really kind of cool. My wife and I used to just kind of sit out and we'd work all day long. And then as the sun would go down late in the summer, go sit on the sidewalk or in the parking strip and look back at it. And that's neat. A lot of, a lot of great moments, but. Neat to be able to, you've, to to say that you've done, you've done this, you've restored this, you've preserved it. And I, we've become kind of, um, uh, I'm not sure that it's, honest for me to say this, but I think we've become experts in historic preservation. I think you have too. We, we're really familiar with what they call the secretary's standards for historic preservation. That That is kind of the Bible that is used for that. Um, we've had to do, I think we've done probably 12 historic preservation tax credit applications through the states. Oh, you have the programs yeah, that they have? Program and, and so we've, and, and we've always wanted to do it the right way. Uh, with the limited resources that we've had, you know, we were kind of a young family when we first yeah, moved in. Little but, kids and and so that's what's taken it a long time. And yeah. we love doing the work ourselves, which has so, also made it sort of a long project. Well, it's it's absolutely incredible. Well, it's thank beautiful. you. Caseville's okay. lucky, lucky to have you, and lucky to have that. It's well, really pretty. It's, there's so many cool places here. You know, we go to church at the Tabernacle. I, mm-hmm. That's I served as a bishop there in the first ward and. Just just a lot of sort of historic pride in that neighborhood. That's what we loved about Caseville, too. It's yeah. just, it's quaint. We were in Chicago this last weekend, and yeah, it's fun being in the city and all the big buildings and all the people, but coming back here just feels so peaceful. Well, this is a great... It's just like, calming. Especially right here in the, in sort of the central district. Mm-hmm. I it is, it is the definition of a walkable community. It I've, is. And, I've, you know, I've got an ice cream parlor. I've, I've right. got um, you do. a barbershop. May, you know, library, shop. city hall, cleaners, it's all here. I, it is nice. You know, there's so much that I can get to, and I've always liked that. Um, and I like, you know, the movie theater. People ask us all the time about the parking. Mm-hmm. And sure, we, you know, we end up picking up a lot of straws in our yard. <laughs> people walk you know, by your spilled house. popcorn and stuff, but they run a good family business. They do. And, and you know, the, the clientele, the movies they show, it, it's, so we feel like, um, we're lucky to to have sort of that combination of things here in the middle of the city. I love it too. Is that why you like Caseville then? Is that why you're here? Yeah, there's a lot of things that I like about it. You know, it, it's deep heritage, you know, it's mm-hmm. sort of this core of, even though it's not maybe the the biggest, it you know, it doesn't have the huge retail presence of some places, It, but it, it is, it is kind of an anchor city historically for the, mm-hmm. and, you know, there's just this deep heritage. Right. I think we're the first city in Davis County. Yeah. And uh, we do have a deep heritage. Yep. People's, the first thing people say is, I've lived in Kaysville, and they give their resume of how long they've lived there. And it's just yeah. that feeling of belonging and And so many people want to and, and move back here. You know, yeah. it's all, you know, there are a lot of kids that try to move back. It's true. And, and it's hard. It is challenging. I, um, one thing that I've discovered, though, is that it doesn't matter that my mom was a dart and my in-laws were darts and all of my children are darts. The fact that I'm not a dart means I'm not fully in. You, know? you never get, <laughs> exactly. unless you were a Davis dart, you're never it's fully it's, it's true. I graduated from Orem High yeah. and my husband graduated from Viewmont. And so we're still outsiders, even though yeah. we've lived here for 32 years. I know. But our kids are darts. And That's so not- we. 
That's not to that. suggest it's not a welcoming place, but there it's is true. there there, there is, is like that heritage. inner sanctum, right? It's I don't true. know. If, it's yeah. true. We'll never be part of the founding families. Right. We're not a founding family here in Kaysville. Sure. But uh, but that's what I love about it. It's just that sense of belonging, that sense of history. Yeah, and I think and we've wrestled through the growth pretty well. Uh, you know, it's it's had its. There's been some tension, you know, from a public policy perspective, <laughs> right. but I think we've yeah. wrestled through it in in a pretty decent way. I think we've done a pretty good job. The growth's been a hard thing because, as you mentioned, our kids want to come back here. Yeah. So our son and daughter-in-law bought a house, gosh, two, a year and a half ago on Crestwood, mm-hmm. one of those really old houses. It flooded. The pipes froze in January. Um, the house costs a thousand times more than it cost when it was built, sure. probably in yep. 1950 or whenever it was yep. built. But, um, but it's a it's a nice place. They want to live here. They've grown up here. Yeah, and they want to come back, and that's hard because we don't have a lot of options. Yeah, and and, and we that sort of folds into that not in my backyard sort mm-hmm. of mentality as it comes to thinking about growth and how do you facilitate? It does. It's tricky. Yeah, we, I mean, you know, at some point we build out. Right. We're right. not going to have places to put homes. And then we've got to find our way into facilitating even the organic growth. Forget mm-hmm. about people who move into town. Well, right? right. It's not even about people who are moving in. It's right. about our kids wanting and our parents that are aging out yeah. because they still want to live here. Sure. But they don't want a half acre. Their kids don't want them to have a half acre or a bigger property. Yeah. And where are they going to live? Ovation Homes did a nice project oh, maybe a year and a half ago in West Kaysville. And there was some pushback against it oh, yeah. because it was dense, much more dense. You know, in right. Kaysville, more than two units an acre is considered pretty dense yeah. in our minds. And so it's it's hard because we want to balance that out with keeping our traditions yeah. and, and staying true to who we are. So, And I think we've got to get better at uh, understanding density and and. And I think our kids are comfortable with it. I think, we're, you mm-hmm. know, like they are. our kids are not vigorously pursuing massive yards. They're not. At least ours aren't. Yeah. Mine aren't either. <laughs> they and don't I, want it. I totally understand <laughs> it. I'm, you know, I'm done. You know, I, this, this, this may um, run counter to what folks in my neighborhood feel, uh, you know, but I, I have, in, in fact, in spite of the fact that I'm this, uh, preservationist like mm-hmm. i i love the preservation of of art artifacts architecture um everything that is that we can preserve we should um but i i don't think we can preserve everything good point and, there and that that ends up being including you know green space like uh, mm-hmm. as much as we want to farm that's really not Kaysville's future. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I think that people it's, can have farms, and I'm a big property rights guy. Like, I, yeah. I think if somebody wants, you know, Kyle Anderson, you know, runs mm-hmm. this little corn stand and has his farm here Beautiful in the middle property. of town. And I love Kyle, and they should do that as long as he wants to do that. But if Kyle or, you know, somebody in their family at some point decides to make a different decision with their property, and as long as, it, you know, it fits within underlying uses and general mm-hmm. plans and... I think they ought to be able to manage that, and that that not everybody feels that way. And we all want to have the appropriate buffers with our mm-hmm. own property. And right. but I'm not personally, you know, <laughs> and and maybe it's because I'm worn out trying <laughs> trying to keep my house afloat. Mm-hmm. But I could totally live in a 
you know, a condo here. And I would love, I, I think I could do it here in, you know, downtown. And, and by condo, I mean, like, I would love to park in an underground parking mm-hmm. and take an elevator to the seventh floor. The, <laughs> seventh and floor. Going to my, That's scandalous. I know, That's... I know. I know it's, and even fourth or, you know, I've, yeah. I, I joked with Brad Wilson, this is years ago. I'm like, please just build, build a high end, nice Right, because, because I, I it's agree. the kind of property that I think you know, folks that want to move back to Kaysville, mm-hmm. there are a lot of people that have gone and have their careers and want to come back here. I and it, that's not just fiction. I I've lived, I've mm-hmm. met these people that want to come back here. They move into our neighborhoods here in uh-huh. this part of town, and um, to be able to create that sort of housing stock for them, I I agree. would be kind of cool. It would be fantastic. I was talking to some friends who, you know, Kaysville is a really nice community because people uh, tend to stay here. Yeah. And and um, people are used to a certain standard of living. Yeah. But I've talked to a lot of friends who have said, look, I'm in my 50s now. I would be completely thrilled if I could come back to Kaysville by a townhome or a condo and have everything taken care of of for me, but still have a nice place to live, you know, open space for my kids to gather yeah. and, and enough space to be able to feel like we're, we're not on top of each other, but we don't want a yard. We don't want to maintain this, you know, 7,000 square foot house or whatever it is. Right. And so it would be really nice. And I'm completely in support of that in the right areas. And I think that's the key. Yeah. There are some areas that the, would be great for that. Yeah. The trick is those areas tend to get they tend to feel picked on a little bit, right? I've, they, historically, they do, and I especially. remember that on the commission. Um, you remember the Far West Motel property mm-hmm, on Main Street? You know, mm-hmm. I was on the I was on the planning commission when there was a that area was rezoned for I think for I can't remember the name of the definition, but basically medical use. So it could be long term care facility that you know something something like that. Lots of things could go in there. Light industrial. There were a lot of things that could fit into that zone. And then, you know, then I became the bishop of that neighborhood, and we had lots of trouble in the Far West Motel. There was a murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. There, I remember, remember that. that homicide. Lots and, of drug use over there. Yeah, a lot of really challenging things. And I, I, I had a different, I developed a different view about what the highest and best use for that area could be. Mm-hmm. And so I was actually asked by the com- the commission or the city council uh, to come back later and amend my view of the record on that property oh, really? which uh which I did and and that facilitated um uh Brad Wilson's company I can't remember the name of their Dest- it was destination right destination but- homes yeah they built that those town homes which again I think higher highest and best use for that for that property given what where we were and mm-hmm. I you know and I I know a lot of the people that live there it's a fantastic neighborhood with really great people that are contributing uh, greatly to our community, you know? And so I, I think we can get there. Um, it, it ends up <laughs> ruffling a lot of feathers along the way. It, it's hard because people, well, especially in that area, because they do tend to have a little bit more density. And, yeah. and East Kaysville is a little more dense because that's how it was designed. West right. Kaysville was filled at the time of all of these big zoning decisions and but now, as you mentioned, our kids are not wanting huge spaces. Yep. Our kids would be thrilled in a townhome. Yeah. The idea of not having to take care of anything, they would love that. Yeah. They just couldn't even find a townhome that they could afford um, at the time that they were looking in. So it it's changed the nature of the conversations that we're having a lot. But it's it's hard in Kaysville because we don't have, we're 10 square miles. 
And we don't have a lot of properties. Like you said, the Andersons, that's the biggest piece of undeveloped land in Kaysville. Yeah. And it is privately owned, and so mm-hmm. completely up to them to do whatever yeah. they want for as long as they want. And as long as he's growing corn, I'm I'm all Team Anderson, as yeah. long as he can it, deliver it the is corn. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a beautiful property. Well, yeah. Scott, I wanted to ask you, I was excited to have you on this podcast yeah. because my my idea behind it was sort of the whole Mr. Rogers theme of who are the people in your neighborhood, uh. just kind of getting to know people who are local. Yeah, and that. the influence that they have. And when I first was deciding whether or not I wanted to run for city council a couple of years ago, people told me, well, you need to talk to Scott because Scott knows everything politically that's going on. You're so well connected. And so I reached out and you were so kind and gracious to, you know, communicate with me and to give me some tips. And I've, I've really appreciated your support. So, well, yeah, I applaud your willingness to run for office. We were talking about this a little bit before the mm-hmm. show that it just... The, the arena has become uh, so much more challenging. Uh, the style in which we communicate around politics is challenging. But uh, yeah, I, it's interesting. I, I very early in my youth, kind of, I developed this um, affinity, I guess, for things political, campaigns and, and elections and and then I got my, uh, my degrees in public relations and so sort of the practice of campaigning and that sort of thing I it just matched really well. I was warned many times not to get into that this line of work. I remember there's this old old he would be really ticked if I referred to him as old, but kind of this salty old guy Dave Hansen who he grew up in Syracuse and you know he's run political <laughs> campaigns, worked for the you know national party committees. And I remember him saying something about you should always let politics be your avocation, not your vocation, you know, oh, okay. like let it be your you're something you love, not something you have to do or or do for a paycheck. And I I uh, screwed that up. I <laughs> <laughs> so I you know I work yeah worked for in the for in the political party world for a while, and then I went back to D.C. I worked for Senator Hatch for a short time, and then I didn't know that came back here. And um, yeah, I was hired. Almost 20 years ago, the credit unions and the banks were fighting pretty intensely, and I was hired the by fights. the credit unions to try to help end that uh, that acrimony. I'm not sure I've done that, but I've at least we we've done a pretty good job of stopping. You're, you're the, out of the press. I mean, I fight. haven't heard yeah. yeah about fighting. You know, Senator Hatch, I was going to mention. So the reason that I was even interested in politics yeah. is my husband. We sponsored his family in 1991 from Vietnam. Oh yeah, and after he had applied already. Um, sent government, sent the government money and done everything. Uh, they lost his money, mm-hmm. and so we finally got Senator Hatch's office involved. And as a result, they were all able to come over. So yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt your story, but no, I, you know, the, just such a great appreciation for the advocacy and the work that can be done by politicians. Yeah, I, you know, our current uh, senators are just as good at this, but I think Senator Hatch's office, especially in those early days were so good at constituent service. I think they wrote the book on, on that. Um, I agree. Just it's an incredible uh, job. And, and, you know, the thing that was interesting, he, there were frustrating things about working for Orrin Hatch, I can tell you. But the thing that was amazing is, to, you know, you go around the state and just the number of people whose lives were impacted because of him and not, it's, and you know, it's not it, him. It's his staff, right. It's his for team, sure. but mm-hmm. he's responsible for that team. And they, they just have had they do, they were just really good at it. So, and it's the same things happening today. One cool thing, and I'm sure you've talked to Adam about this, but you know Adam Gardner was 
the first state director for Mitt Romney, when he mm-hmm. was elected, they determined with the Lee shop to combine their constituent service office. So they, it's kind of one staff that's, that's fielding, um, and, you know, Jessica Christopher runs that. I think she manages that group and she's so experienced. They're so good at it. So it doesn't surprise really me to are. hear that, you know, your family has, uh, was so deeply affected by that. We were, it's really, it's just uh, heartwarming to me yeah. when I think about it, because especially now where political frustrations and arguments abound and there's so much disharmony everywhere, it's neat to remember that good work can actually be done yeah. as a result of being in politics. Sure. But I wish it didn't have to be that way. I wish we didn't have to have the acrimony, you know? I, I do too. It is such a frustration to me, and I try, try to figure out how to help bend the road because there's so much momentum toward that style of politics. But I, I wish there was a way we could back up the truck and and sort of remember that there's a way to disagree um, and we can disagree without equating uh, somebody who disagrees with us uh, with evil because I think wrong and evil are two different things. Somebody can be wrong about something doesn't mean they're you know, the devil's spawn. It just it's means true. that, you know, that we don't have get, to hate them. Yeah, yeah. But we've, we have somehow been on this race to the bottom of using the cheapest of human emotions to engage each other. And I, you know, that's one of the cool things I think about, you know, your candidacy, uh, I thought, uh, was in that mayor's race was good. You know, you've got to, you, there are disagreements. I mean, we ha- you have an opponent and there has to be, there are <laughs> distinguishing issues, right? But, you know, to try to do it in a way that is just um, doesn't, uh, yeah, I, I just don't see that anymore. So I, it makes me sort of nostalgic. And I guess that's part of becoming a grumpy old man. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I'm hopeful that we can, at least here, we can figure out how to do that better. And maybe maybe it'll become a, the right kind of contagion and go elsewhere. I hope so, too. And especially at the local level. I mean, people ask me, you know, why did you run? And the re- one of the reasons I, I wanted to run was to kind of bring back the harmony and uh, and create opportunities for conversations instead of anger. And yeah, and it feels like it's changed. I mean, I, you know, I'm a casual observer of, of city politics. I, you know, was on the commission years ago, but I the planning commission and I, it um seems like we witnessed a period of a fair amount of um sad profile <laughs> and 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 practicing that style of politics that I think is is not uh doesn't meet the definition of leadership as I view it you know um but it seems like the corner has turned and that that makes me happy. I'm, I'm hopeful. It doesn't mean we're out of the woods and it right. doesn't mean that we're not going to disagree, but True. there there is a way to disagree for sure. Well, there is. And, and one of the things that I've really appreciated as I've paid more attention to what you're doing and, and just learned a little more about you is um, the conversations that you're having. So you're now a co-host yeah. or a guest host co-host, on KSL uh, at Night. KSL at Night. Yeah. That's a great program. Is it Kind of new. It I, is new. It's, I didn't know about it, it until pretty the, recently. It's the screwiest thing, <laughs> Mayor. I did not ever imagine that uh, I would end up doing this. But back in December, I got a call from the program manager there uh, at KSL and or program director, program manager. Anyway, Kevin, and he said, he said, uh, this is a weird um, phone call, uh, but 
we have purchased a sports station, meaning, you know, Bonneville, their parent corporation had purchased the, the zone sports station, the zone, which I think may have been owned by the jazz at some point. But um, anyway, they had KSL used to have sports programming in the evening and they decided to move that programming over to the zone. And so they were trying to figure out how to reprogram their evening. Uh, and they had reached out to a handful of folks that kind of work in the periphery of politics mm -hmm. uh, to chat uh, through the news of the day. And I, he said, I, we'd like you to do it. And it was the strangest thing. I, I'm like, what? <laughs> you, you what? You're, you're fantastic. So. Well, I, you're kind. I, I, I had never imagined it, but uh, I, for whatever reason, in that moment, I had to, I'm like, this sounds like an adventure. I'd like to see if I if, can even do it, mm -hmm. you know? And I said, and I said it that way to him, look, I, I'll take a step or two to see if I'm even capable of this, you know? And uh, so, yeah, they, they ended up uh, with, I think, 10 or so people that they would rotate assignments and throughout the week. And, oh, okay. and then after a couple of months, they narrowed the group down a little bit and mm -hmm. then paired us into sort of common pairs. And so I, I do typically, this is not it's almost hard to call it a real schedule, but typically Tuesdays and Thursdays nights, seven to nine, uh, we do a program. And, and I'm with Kate Clunt, who is uh, we're an employee of the Utah Realtors Association. And I think it's a kind of a cool idea. Uh -huh. uh, they've got these people that are all pretty well connected to public policy makers in the, in the state and know how to talk the language and, and, mm -hmm. And also kind of know where the bones are buried. And I think it ends up being really interesting radio. And the funny thing is <laughs> we end up getting interviews that the news guys can't get. Really? But just because we have relationships, you know. Mm -hmm. we ha and, and I think, you know, there are politicians that end up getting mad at Deseret News or with KSL or specific hosts, you know. They're, they, mm -hmm. you know, sort of protesting, not responding to their inquiries, but somehow we can get them because they feel like they can talk to us and we won't, you know, turn it into a hatchet job for sport, you know? Well, and it's nice in the way that you approach it and you have interesting viewpoints on it and you have had some interesting guests. Well, think, you're kind. I think it's great. I'm always stunned that people listen to it. Like, I, I just, it's amazing I listen to me. to it. Oh, you're kind. It's, I, it's it, interesting. Yeah, it is. It is cool. And and again, one of the reasons I thought about it was this just what we were just talking about. If there was a way that I could because I've been quiet uh, for the last 14 years or so, kind of. But but interested still. Right. Because I, I know you've definitely considered interested some things and still. living in it and and trying to decide how to best engage in it, because uh -huh. I think we all should. We all you know, and it may be just voting, but we mm -hmm. all need to engage in in, you know, the process of our government and and you know for for so long we were there were so many people in my life my you know even in my family that sort of looked at political engagement f as something they outsourced you know they would mm -hmm. call and say who am i voting for this week right. and that sort Leave of it thing, out to somebody know? else and and i just think we 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 should probably be a little more engaged than that. So that's kind of why i jumped in on this KSL thing and it's led to some really uncomfortable things <laughs> like How's I, it? Yeah, well i you know they asked me to fill in uh for Dave Noriega who's yes, also a Caseville right, right? Caseville. Yes, and i've heard those as well and you're you're great. Oh, uh, well, I, yeah, it's so intimidating though, mayor. I can't tell you how you know 
They, um, they've asked me a couple times to be on, to call yeah. in, and I've sent some city people stuff yeah. because it is intimidating. It's When that red light goes on and you know that you're live and, pe- mm-hmm. you know, there are people listening, I have no idea how many, and that helps to not know how many are listening. But A lot. Yeah, it, but to have that um, pressure, and it's like walking a minefield a little bit because there are things that you... You're you're trying to determine what to say as you're saying it, you know, and I, I just, can just like this podcast. Mm-hmm. But it's it's nice when it's conversational. But you know, I've done Boyd Matheson's show a few times too, and I did it solo at least once. I can't remember, and I don't know how he does it. Like yeah, how, I don't know how he just... feeds that beast every day. It's just they've got a you know they've got these great producers that help you know build the scaffold for the show and but but when like i said you sit down and that red light comes on and you're live, you're live and oh can't take it back and i don't know how they you know it make, makes you just have a whole new respect for you know well, folks like doug wright or amanda who've worked for so long so long and done it you yeah. do a great job in fact i was telling you earlier um i was a little intimidated about asking you and mm. after i heard you fill in for dave i thought gosh you're funny uh, you're you're a normal professional very uh, knowledgeable person well, and, and i don't know I, I there's so many my mother would probably disagree with that my oh i think yeah, i think you're sam great. would like well, and you're so well-connected. So I didn't know that you were so involved behind the scenes. I mean, people told me in Kaysville, yeah, talk to Scott Simpson. If you want to do anything in politics in Kaysville, you no, need to talk I, to Scott. But I didn't realize on a state level and a national level how connected you are. Well, yeah, I don't know. Did that just grow over time? Yeah, I mean, it's part of it is just being old. And you <laughs> end up, if you know, if you stay engaged and, you know, I... This is not exactly true, and it's oversimplification, but big politicians grow, or little politicians grow into big politicians. You know, somebody that runs for city council may end up in the legislature, and then, yeah. they, you know, they may end up being a candidate for Congress. And I've seen all of that happen, you know. Rob Bishop um, was the chairman, of, well, he was Speaker of the House when I first met him, and then he was chairman of the GOP, uh, and he ended up hiring me as the executive director. This is a oh, long time ago. I didn't well, know that either. One of the reasons I came back to Utah from Washington was to help facilitate his candidacy for Congress in the first district. Oh gosh! And, and so you are connected. You, you know, well, if you if you stick around long enough, and you, you have know, a great reputation, well, and you, you know, you, you, you try to the... try to be honest and and uh, in you know engage in the right way. Um, I think, yeah, that. That's helped over time. I, I yeah. there are you know, there are so many that are so much better at engaging legislators than I am. There and or that are, you know, much better at reading uh, legislation or much. You know, there's so many talented people in this line of work. I've just tried to keep motoring and use my very limited skill sets to keep <laughs> motoring. And I, you know, I guess time has helped. It, it well, and just having the relationships in place, like you mentioned, you know everybody, and well, more importantly, I think everybody knows you, and that's that's really uh, what counts I, in this yeah. in this whole world of lobbying and being politically engaged. Well, and again, I think it's about kindness. I think there are people that hate my guts. I'm sure of it. Um, uh, but I there are so many good people, uh, and it's we true. share these friends. You know, there, and you some some of them you've had on this podcast. They're just just mm-hmm. great people and and to be able to uh you know connect with their networks and it just that's kind of that's how life kind of how is and it's the way life should be and mm-hmm. i'm lucky that uh from a professional perspective i've been able to uh, have some cool opportunities and meet some great people and 
and you know, I've tripped some landmines along the way, and uh, it, you know, so far there's, you know, you can have recovery. Well, it's true, especially when you've got the the relationships that you have, and and they're trustful, and and you might not agree on everything, and and I realize I'm realizing that too, but I'm also realizing, just as I've learned and talking to other mayors and other legislators, that the best thing is to just be yourself. Yeah. Be yourself. Be genuine. If I say something and it was completely stupid, then I can apologize and say, hey, I didn't understand the perspective or I, I'm learning that it's OK to be human through this yeah. process, I guess. Yeah. And I first, think, yeah, I that authentic that. self mm-hmm. is so important. I, I remember there's a speaker, former speaker. I, I'm not sure if I should name him, but um, I guess that el- eliminated Becky Lockhart. I said him. But, <laughs> That's true. But, uh, um, he. You know, we disagreed on things. You know, he voted against uh, credit unions, which, uh, you know, I felt like I could, you know, I just couldn't do the math there with him. But, and and he, there were a couple of times where he came towards us a little bit, you know, and the thing about it, though, is I knew that when I in, engaged with him, if he was going to stab me, he was going to stab me in the heart and he was going to be looking at me in the eyes not stab me in the back, you know, and mm-hmm. I can deal with that. Like I, I know what that is. I, it, and I think that's really the, sorry to bring gore to your, to your <laughs> sweet podcast, but, <laughs> but that's, um, uh, I, I think that's part of this is if you, if you can be your authentic self and, and not take the easy road when the easy road may be, um, you know, to be deceptive or to duck. Um, I think that's the way to. That's probably get it. the key to uh, solving the problems that we were talking about as well. Um, yeah. Just all of the divisiveness. Yeah. And and anger, because people aren't honest. Instead of just saying, you know, hey, I'm going to disappoint you by saying this, but this is how I'm going to. This is how I'm looking at it. Yeah. And and being willing to say that to someone's face is a hard. It's a hard thing to do. It's very hard, and I think and for you, I think your honest. your challenge is mayor at this level is it's so close to the voter. It is that um, you, you know, you, you, the reaction and the fervor can build so quickly, and uh, you know, I suspect you did this calculation before you decided to run. <laughs> You know, My husband kept asking stuff. me. He kept saying, we've got a great life. Why would you do this to yourself? <laughs> <laughs> People like us, Tammy. Why would we do this? Yeah. And, and, and so, yes, I was thinking about all of those things as yeah. I decided to run. But at the end of the day, like you also said, you know, I think it's important for people to stand up and, and do things. And I can't just leave it up to everybody else. People were calling me and saying, hey, who should I vote for? And, and I was thinking, I don't know. I don't know these people. So I decided to get back involved. Yeah. And, and I like to go to the source for information and, you know, be able to be somebody that says, yes, I believe in this and here's why. And this is why I'm thinking this is a good idea. And being willing to stand up and actually take the heat for it, I think, is Weren't you surprised when you were... Um when you took those steps, how closely and how quickly you can like connect with policymakers in your life, like how quickly that develops? Oh, the relationships you mean? Yeah. The additional, oh, yeah, they happen instantly. In fact, in meeting Adam, I had a mutual friend, uh, Shelly Francis, mm-hmm. good yeah. friend of Adam's. And because right. I told her, hey, I'm thinking about counsel and I'm so scared. And she said, you've got to talk to Adam. You've got to talk to Ryan. You've got to talk to Richard. Yeah. 
And Richard Yousey became my campaign manager yeah. for both the campaigns. And uh, Ryan Perry is a great friend. And Adam's been a great friend and advocate. Yeah. And so it did. It, it expanded immediately when she said, I've got to introduce you to these three guys that are right. great. And then Adam, I think, probably is one of the people that encouraged me to call you. Yeah. Yeah, and Ryan actually worked for me at the Utah Republican Party. I oh, was really? one of his first jobs out of college, I think. Oh, and, really? And I worked with his wife at Senator, on Senator Hatch's staff in D.C. Just this really Just small Just a small world, world isn't it? It's, it's a small but I, That's the thing world. that's always amazing to me is how... People who decide to, that they're going to get involved, how quickly they can um, develop these relationships and have influence, and mm -hmm. and if they're again, if they're if they're kind and respectful, I think th that goes so much further than just pulling the pins off of grenades and, and yeah. blowing up the rooms you're in. Again, there I go with the mafioso talk. <laughs> I don't know. No, That's but politics. But but it's so true. And politics is war. Sometimes it feels like it yeah. because people are so completely angry there's yeah. just so much anger yeah and and what what's nice about a, on a local level is it's quote nonpartisan. i mean it's still partisan yeah but um it's it's more about issues that affect us locally as neighbors and friends and and that's what i've enjoyed so far i mean i'm still pretty new to it i don't consider myself a politician when people say well you're you're a politician i i think i'm i'm a public servant i'm someone who just wanted to help out but but it is politics. Yep. And and part of what I'm learning is just that relationship building, which I kind of got a lot of information and good experience with just as a business owner. So I think that helped. But it's been mm. interesting and it's been fun to be able to see this network grow of for friends sure. that we've been able to meet. So what so you're mayor, you've been in the chair for a while. What mm -hmm. is any regrets? No, no regrets at all. Yeah. It has been what what I've really appreciated is being surrounded with great people, like you mentioned. Yeah. I mean, on a city staff level, we've got great people. You do. We really do. Yeah. We've got people who are uh, just consistent and doing a great job. And politically, I've got a great council right now. Yeah. They are great people. We don't agree on everything, but they are so respectful and so kind. Yeah. And I, I've got no reg I've had no regrets so far. So what's the biggest challenge what, as mayor? What's your, here I am interviewing yeah, you, no, but it's I love great, this. It's great. This awesome. yeah. What's the, your biggest challenge? The biggest challenge? challenge so far is is growth, which we've kind of talked about. Yeah. You know, it's a bad word to a lot of people. Yep. Density is a bad word. Density means so many different things depending yeah. on who you talk to. Yeah. And, and I'm a proponent of opportunities for more fair mm, opportunities. I, diversity, diverse housing, I guess. Yeah. We don't have a lot of places for it. I mean, there was a project over in your neighborhood where a developer had had bought the next to Golden West Credit Union that whole block, oh, right. and yeah. and he wanted to put in some mixed use because it's a mixed use area, yeah. and and that was hard because people immediately didn't want that. They don't yeah. want commercial plus residential there. But I think it it could be a great asset and a great amenity in certain areas. Yeah, I think so at that's some the point thing. we've got it, and I I can appreciate not wanting mixed-use development next door you know it, but the right kind doesn't have to doesn't have to bring um you know the unsavory elements of density you know i think it can be done right i mm -hmm. and i totally appreciate that perspective i guess i it seems like the underlying zone that's there right now probably allows for <laughs> for some of that it, commercial it, it, use, it does right? it does so, allow for the commercial yeah, so I yeah I I'll be interested to to see how this goes forward. Uh, again, I if I could 
my wife will never go for this. Even in our own household, we we disagree. You know, she, <laughs> we do too. She, as you know, she's the kind that needs to have her hands in the dirt and have, mm-hmm. wants a yard and all of those. And and I could live in in sort of a metropolitan, you know, downtown environment and be totally fine with that. Um, which you know, there's so many reasons why she's better than I am. <laughs> I understand but, that too. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I think redevelopment is is a big issue too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I which would happen potentially. Yeah, I wish you luck. It's uh Thanks. That's heavy lift. Uh, in fact, I I try to think about all of you know, there's so many things that are that cause confrontation, but but uh zoning and that I- idea of not in my backyard and pro- what property rights really mean is such a personal uh and challenging thing. It is, especially when we want to preserve our neighborhoods and and yeah. maintain. You know, I we have some council members will say, "Well, tell them to move to Clearfield." Clearfield's doing its part as far as um, high density yeah. homes and and housing, or move to Station Park, or you know, move somewhere else. And so, it's it's a frustrating kind of conversation because it's such a personal one. But I mean, I'm grateful if that's the biggest conversation we're having. Yeah. You know, we're it's we're lucky enough. here. We've got great police. We've got great support for police and yeah, fire. And true enough, it's a good, good community. Indeed. Yeah. Thank you so much, Scott. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thanks Appreciate for you me being here. It's been fun it. talking to you. And thank you for serving. I, just your willingness to step into the breach is uh, is incredible. So well, thank you. you. All right.